welcome to Cyber Hygienics. I'm your host, Kim Carter. Today I'm speaking with Rob Lauer, an award-winning playwright, theatrical director, editor, and columnist for The Shopper magazine, skilled musician, and the producer host of the TV series Portsmouth Now. Mr. Lauer has written a book entitled Bah Horse Hockey. Rob, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Kim. Good. Could you tell us a little bit about, uh, and you're retelling it, and you've set it in a different time and a different place. Yep. I moved it from 1840s London, England um, to 1932 rural Georgia during the Great Depression. And so it's an American retelling, a Southern retelling of uh, what people think is a very familiar story. But uh, when I read the novel right out of college for the first time, I'd grown up seeing various movies and plays of it and knew a lot of the dialogue by heart. But when I read the novel, I was impressed by how much had never been shown in the various uh, retellings, the various plays and movies. And, uh, and I wanted to make it accessible to people in America who maybe can't relate to London and the class struggles and things that were going on there in the 1840s. So I thought, let's move it to... a America during the Great Depression. And that's also why the title Bah is Bah Horsaki, a Southern Christmas Carol, as opposed to like Bah Humbug. I don't know that many Americans know what a humbug is, <laughs> but it basically means BS, or as we would say politely in the South, horse hockey. And so that's where the title comes from. Awesome. Oh, neat. Why did you think that it needed to be retold? Well, my grandma, who was, liked stories and loved to read and things, uh, she was born in rural North Carolina in 1910. And I remember after I read the book, a few years after graduating from college, I was telling her about it. And she said, you know, I've never really gotten into the whole Scrooge thing. I never really understood it. And as we talked more, it was because of the cultural differences, the, the British accents, but the things we were referring to a different time period. And I thought, I really would love to tell the story in a way that she'd understand, because I'm sure she's not alone. There are probably a lot of Americans, especially in the from the rural South, who just sort of, uh, yeah, see something said in London, England, 160, 70, 80 years ago, and think, yeah, I don't relate to that. So I wanted to really put it in an American idiom so that people could really understand the humanity of the story and see it with fresh eyes. And so that's why I wrote it. Absolutely. And the redemptive qualities as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, there's just, it's so, the original story is so human. That's why it spoke to people, why it still speaks to people. But I think we've heard it and we've seen it dramatized so many times. And the dialogue in most versions is the same. I thought, what if we take this dialogue and we make it American, we make it more modern, we make it Southern, we have some Southern slang in there. Same ideas, but let's put it in that idiom and see if people understand it, maybe appreciate it a bit more. And I think that they will. Why 1932? What is your interpretation of history? What was going on in 1932? Well, it's really interesting. I didn't think of this. In fact, I didn't think of this until I was laying out the book to publish it as a Kindle edition. But I thought 19, I just picked it because that was uh, it was the year before my mom was born. I thought that was a good year because 
This way, Scrooge, who was probably in his 60s, if he lived in the South at that time, that means he would have been born maybe to poor parents who maybe lost everything in the Civil War. So historically, I was trying to put it in that time period because I thought it was modern enough for people to understand, and yet it could fall in line with a lot of Southern history. But I got to thinking, wow. 1932, that was December 32, that was a month after Franklin Roosevelt was elected president. And yeah. on the heels of Herbert Hoover, who only served one office, one year, one term in office, and was a conservative Republican who was renowned as a businessman, more so than a politician. And I thought that's a lot like what we're going through right now. Right. Uh, it's also the depression, so there were millions of Americans out of work, millions of businesses going under, just like now because of COVID. Uh, there was a lot of anxiety about no one really knew what Roosevelt would do when he came into office. Uh, so some people had anxiety about that. There are some people who have anxiety about Biden. There are others who have anxiety, had anxiety about Hoover and what he did. There are people who have anxiety about Trump and what he, he's done in his presidency. And then it was because of Jim Crow laws in the South where the story is set, there was a lot of racial tension. And of course, the Black Lives Matter and all the demonstrations and things this year, there's a lot of racial tension, tension now. And I thought, wow, what the, this is the perfect <laughs> year to have set it in because it really resonates so much with what we're experiencing now in this country. And although right. the book is not political, I think that there's one overt reference to, to Roosevelt being elected president, and there's another reference to prohibition ending soon. But other than that, but that's the background. That is the, that's what all the characters are acting against or in context of. And so I think that people will, um, will appreciate that. Oh, okay. But um, I will, I, if I can talk a little bit about the three ghosts. Okay. <laughs> Because uh, I think that, that that might pique some interest. Uh, the ghost of Christmas past in this version is sort of like a Huckleberry Finn character, a kid, a child who uh, dressed in overalls and a straw hat and all. The ghost of Christmas present is like a backwoods bootlegger from the Depression era, where he carries a brown jug around, only it's filled with Christmas spirits, holiday spirits instead of liquor. And the ghost of Christmas yet to come in this version is a tall, erect, proud black man in a suit and tie, uh, which is something that a person growing up in the rural South or living in the rural South in 1932 would not have seen. And I chose that image as a forefront, a forerunner of like the civil rights movement and what was ahead as, as the black population Earned civil rights and basically, uh, you know, became fought for uh, with the three ghosts. And the character of Tiny Tim, we got rid of Bob Cratchit, the character, but that character has been replaced by uh, Scrooge's housemate, a black woman named Epi. And she lives alone with her son, Tiny, who is crippled from polio. And instead of making him a young child, which everyone can feel empathy for, regardless of the child's race, I basically made him a black teenager in his late teens some a character that but I thought no let's make him a an, a black young man in his late teens with polio and let the readers grapple with that yes and yes absolutely. those are some of the things in the book that make it unique yes yes absolutely um 
can you tell us a little bit about how you went about to to publish? Uh, you've published other works, and how is this published work different from your award-winning plays? Well, I uh, no, um, I have. I self-published uh, one, one of my plays about eight years ago, and that's going in basically and laying it out and creating a PDF and sending it to the, the book publishing company, and they, they print the, the, the physical books. My other plays have actually been published by, by just mainstream publishing companies that publish plays. But uh, this uh, was my first attempt at uh, producing a Kindle. And I found, um, I was a little nervous, and I spent about three whole days, entire weekend, learning the process, but you know, uh, Amazon, Kindle, they have it really, they set up, have it set up very easily. Uh, you sort of, they give you a practice go, they send you the text of, uh, I think, Pride and Prejudice, and they sort of walk you through with videos and audios and things on how to lay that out in the template that they need to publish it as a Kindle. And once I had that down, then I went in and laid in uh, Bahorosaki, the text for that, and they gave you options for you know font and uh, just how to lay it out across the page. And I created a cover for it, and uh, it was actually a lot of fun. Uh, I took my time with it; I wasn't rushed. But uh, I started working a little bit on Friday night, sort of learning how the whole app, the Kindle app, the, the publishing app works. I spent most of Saturday doing that, and by Sunday I was ready to lay everything out. I did that uh, Sunday and published it by the end of the day, and. Uh, uh, gosh, by the time I went to bed Sunday night, it was on Amazon. There was a whole book page on it and uh, actually had sold a couple copies. <laughs> so that was really cool. And yes, I did, very. I did it all from the kitchen table on my personal, you know, my laptop. So anyone who's who's writing who would like to, uh, to give this a try, I would, you know, I would encourage them to do it. And you Right. And, um, you know, it, it may be curated. It might be on one of their monthly lists. Uh, yeah, they, they give you a lot of tools. I mean, you could, you know, some of the tools things cost a little bit, but I mean, they, you know, they'll, they'll, there are tools, tools and apps for publicizing it, for, uh, you know, getting, uh, getting it out there for maybe possible reviewers to look at. Uh, they, they give you an option where you can uh, release it, I you know, at a discounted price for a couple of days just to get it word of mouth going. Um, they're very helpful. It's a fantastic app, a fantastic program. And I mean, anyone who's who wants to be published and read, take advantage of it. It's so easy to set your own price. Or, or I mean, some people publish their things for free just because they want it out there. They want people to read it. I want people to read it. I also want to <laughs> charge a little bit. But uh, you know, it's um, it's and it's completely free to do that. You publish for free. You only make money if your if your book sells, and Kindle gets a, a portion of it. Amazon does, but uh, you know, you get the majority of it, and uh, it's really um, it's a neat, it, it's a cool process. And we're just, I think, we're so lucky that we have technology like that today, where anyone can publish a book and get it into uh, you know on Amazon to sell. Thinking of the dramatization for a play, or well, I actually had played had done a dramatization, a, a southern version of it uh, earlier, mm -hmm. 
And that, that actually existed first. I actually did that in 2003 in New York, and we played it in Georgia for three years. But a few years ago, about two years ago, I thought, you know, I'd like to get that and write a novelization and really, you know, get it very um, edited down and just get something that someone could sit down and read in a couple of hours, just like you can Dickens' original story. It's a very short novel, Dickens' story is. And so my first draft was about 10,000 words longer than Dickens' original story. Uh, okay, I got to really edit this down. And, uh, and so I did. And mm -hmm. my idea was to get it out during the Christmas season as a Kindle and something that people could download for themselves or send to someone as a Christmas gift to Kindle. Mm -hmm. Plus then they would, have, they would pay for a Christmas card. And so that was my, uh, that my objective. Well, I think that's very creative. I really do. Um, thinking and speaking of creativity, do you have anything else that you're planning or working on? Any new projects? Yeah, I'm actually uh, uh, I'm working now on a play entitled uh, Pharaoh's Daughter that's uh, set in Utah in 1857. And it deals with the immediate aftermath of a terrible event that most Americans know very little about called the, the Mountain Meadow Massacre. And that is where some white Mormon settlers massacred a wagon train of men, women, and children. And uh, they called the Utah War. And until the Oklahoma City bombing, this was the, the worst act of domestic terrorism in US history. And now after 9-11, it ranks number three. And oddly enough, it happened on September 11th, 1857. So um, I'm working on a play, sort of a suspense, whodunit type play about uh, the wife of one of the perpetrators of the massacre who doesn't realize that her husband is the one that uh, sort of uh, led this thing. Oh my. Yeah, and um, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's based on, all based on two story, all these characters are historical. But uh, I'm sort of think of it sort of as a Western film noir uh, suspense drama. Right. And so I, I'm working. That's that's uh, one of the big things I'm working on right now. Oh, wow. That that really sounds intense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share uh, with the listeners of Cyber Hygienics? Uh, well, if you're a writer, uh, there is so much technology out there now. And uh, you know, if you're out there to, to produce content, my gosh, we were living in the golden age, I think. There's so much that, that's out there and so much of it is free or so uh, affordable that really anybody can make use of it. So um, if you're a creative type, take advantage of it, you know, <laughs> and go for it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Lauer, for um, giving us your time and talking about your new book. Um, oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Do you have a website that you would like uh, that goes along with the written? Bible? Well, I do. I do have a, a there's a roblauer.com. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, roblauer.net. And uh, you can also visit the website for uh, Steel Spring Stage Rights. That's uh, one of the, uh, that's uh, stagerights.com. And that's the LA publishing company that publishes a number of my plays. And then I have an author's page on uh, Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and 
Google Rob or do a search for Rob Lauer. That should take you to my authors page. Oh, thank you so much. Um, we wish you the best um, this holiday season. And thank you so much uh, for being on Cyber Hygienics today. Thank uh, you. <laughs> you're welcome.